stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick. And this week, I'm joined by Zach's senior strategist, Kevin Cook, to talk about the insiders and what's going on with them in one of the hottest sectors out there. So we're going to do a joint podcast about the insiders buying there and what else is going on in this sector. So with the coronavirus pandemic raging all year, companies have had to adjust from the shock of the spring lockdowns to adapting to this new Zoom and online business reality. I've taken a look at a lot of the insider moves this year on various podcasts to see what they think is happening inside their own companies because they do give some good insight into what is happening there. Now, remember, the insiders are people like the CEO, the CFO, as well as the directors, and they'll buy if they're really bullish on what is going on behind the scenes. They're using their own money to go buy more shares because they're greedy, like all of us, like you and I. They want more shares of the company if they think they're going to do uh, really well, if they're going to surge, why wouldn't you want to buy more, right? That's the name of the game. So they want to make money too. And it's helpful for us to follow what they're doing. So I wondered about the semiconductor insiders as, again, as I said earlier, that's one of the hottest industries here in 2020. All those stocks have soared so far this year. And I took a look at the iShares semiconductor ETF again the socks and it's up 40% year to date versus just 10 for the S&P 500 and 32% for the Nasdaq now but over the last 5 years it's been killing it too the socks is up 290% during that time period versus 132% for the Nasdaq so how much higher can it go and are the insiders really buying here at 5 year highs and should you be buying here at the five-year highs? I asked Kevin to join me today to discuss all of these questions because there's a lot going on. And we've done the podcasts in the past on the semiconductors, but uh, it's still hot and things are still going on. So Kevin, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Tracy. So I took a look to see what was going on with the insiders. So I, I already have a little bit of uh, advantage, so to speak, because I run the insider trader service here at Zach. So I, I see this, the insider buys every day when I'm running my screens. And currently in the insider trader, I do own NVIDIA in the insider trader because yes, insiders have been buying at NVIDIA and we previously owned Intel. So I knew that they were buying there too. Uh, but I didn't know anywhere else. I figured, well, maybe they're buying some other places too. And so I took a look at all the big top names that we all know in various different parts of the semis. I looked at Advanced Micro. I looked at Texas Instruments. I looked at Micron. I looked at Broadcom. I looked at Lamb Research and Applied Materials to, to name all of them. And no one else is really buying it, any of those. So I was kind of disappointed because I never know what I'm going to find when I go in there to look around. And I did think with NVIDIA and Intel Insider buying that maybe I might see it somewhere else too. 
but um, not not really. Nobody's really diving in at any of these other ones here. But I do think the NVIDIA buy and the Intel buy are interesting um, because we don't really see a lot of insider buying in a lot of these big tech names because they get so many stock options always. And it's like the, the most heavily stock optioned industry. And so why do they need to buy more? They're already getting you know thousands of shares in some cases. So normally we don't see that many. And somewhere like Nvidia, I don't even remember the last time anyone's buying over there. And those yeah, shares- that, that was the one that surprised me was uh, when I saw you buy Nvidia for Insider yeah. Trader uh, because of the valuation. Right. And, you know, I think NVIDIA is an, just an extraordinary, excellent company. And it was one of my few smart buys at, at the March Corona crash lows uh, just because, you know, there's such a juggernaut of innovation. Uh, yeah. And Jensen Wong, you know, he's like, a, you know, um, I, I've never cared much for following Elon Musk and Tesla, much to the detriment of my portfolio. But, <laughs> um, you know, I put Jensen Wong in a, in a category of, of technology geniuses like an Elon Musk uh, or, or Bezos, and and so you, so I believe if I was an insider, I'd be buying there. So it was it was it was fun to see somebody buying there at this valuation, believing in the long term trajectory of what they're doing with automation, and AI and machine learning. Yeah, I agree. And I I went to go look and dig in a little bit deeper into what that insider was doing. So he's a director. He's been on there for a while, but he started buying fairly early in the year, not like right at the lows, but he started buying into a trust that he owns in April. So, and and he kind of reminds me of what you or I would be doing. Um, usually when you see the insider buys, it's like, oh, they bought 10,000 shares for $400,000 or whatever. And you're like, okay, that's nice for them, right? Because you and I aren't doing that. But in right. April, his trust bought four shares. Okay. <laughs> four shares for 186 each. So that's like a buy you or I would make. And then over the last couple of months, that trust has also added on like eight shares here, six shares there. So that trust isn't exactly, you know, rolling out the huge bucks. But he did buy some of it into his own account, too, in September, and that was much bigger amounts. And that's when it was at five hundred dollars. So does that, does that tiny trust, does that make you think of like maybe it's for a family member or a grandchild or something? Yeah, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. But it still tells you that, you know, he's still a believer all the way up because he's been dollar cost averaging basically in these shares uh, all the way through September. And, you know, obviously it was not getting cheaper in, in that whole time period. So, and he also gets a lot of awards, this insider, as I mentioned, they get uh, compensation usually for the, at least the board members for being on the board in shares. Usually that's how they get it. And so in June, he got 712 shares. That's quite a bit. And then he bought a little over a thousand, I think it was in September. So just a couple months later at higher prices, he bought even more. So yeah, it's um, kind of rare to see, again, the tech insiders buying. And then at the highs overall for all insiders, it's much 
much rarer to see them buy when the stock is like breaking out or has had a big run because, you know, they want to get deals like all the rest of us do too. But it says a lot about what they think about the company if you're buying on the highs. So that's also what's impressive about NVIDIA. But the shares haven't really done much since <laughs> since the September buys. They've kind of, and then we had the earnings and now it's just kind of sitting there. Yeah, we're in a, it's had quite a run. And, yeah. um, you know, a lot of good stuff, a lot of good news got priced in right up into the recent earnings report. So we're just in a big consolidation here between, you know, 480 and 580. And, um, you know, strong hands are holding on. And I think I, I always tell my people, uh, we actually took we actually took profits. We had a pretty large position and we uh, we scaled out of some shares above 500. And I always tell my people, well, we're going to buy more when it goes down to 450 and it, it won't go back to 450. It just, you know, <laughs> they, they keep buying it before then. So um, it, it's a long term hold for for us. OK, so you're not concerned at all about valuations with NVIDIA here. I mean, it's trading no. four times, which isn't isn't super crazy for NVIDIA, actually. But, you know, some you know, people would look at that and think it was expensive here. Yeah, especially in a um, in a strong bull market, uh, and you and you just watch the price action. Um, you know, there's the, there's been no missteps, right? They right. they keep building the data center business. The gaming business seems impenetrable, and right. and uh, the gaming industry. Uh, we were talking two years ago about it becoming a one hundred billion dollar industry. In about 18 months, it's going to break 200 billion. And it's just, I'm not a gamer, so I'm always just awestruck by the power of that industry. And uh, and so I, I always talk to people who know more about it than I do and understand why it's such a, a phenom, and, and especially in COVID. You know, and, and I, I'd like to give a bigger picture here on semis too. Um, I think one of the biggest surprises with semiconductors would you know, that caught most investors off guard when they thought they had to sell them was that that the impact of COVID globally was less severe than the trade war of the past two years, which the semis were already recovering from. So it it, it kind of caught people back on their heels being afraid of semiconductors. And um, as we as we come into the 5G era, right, like 5G is real now yeah. and 5G is even more of an important paradigm shift because of the demand for high bandwidth technology, right? The, the, you know, it's, it's everything from home. It's work from home, learn from home, teach, you know, talk to your doctor, consulting, you know, start a new business from home. We need more high bandwidth than ever. And so just like, just like the software stocks took off because COVID sort of accelerated the need to be digital. Um, it accelerated the demand for 5G platforms and those underlying technologies. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be huge going forward. I know some people who are trying to figure out, you know, vacation destinations based on, you know, 5G or or even just, um, you know, having decent enough Wi-Fi so that their kids can attend class or whatever, or you can do your work from that location. So that's going to be huge going forward. Who, It's going to be haves and have nots. Who has this technology versus those who do not? You're going to be at a disadvantage for sure. 
Yeah, um, definitely. I, I just heard uh, a story the other day. Well, who's the uh, economics editor for the Washington Post that we both follow on Twitter? Uh, the woman. Heather. Uh, yeah, Heather. I just I just heard her on Wisconsin Public Radio yesterday. Uh, it was probably it was probably National Public Radio. She was uh, doing a story on the CARES Act that isn't getting through to the poorest of the poor because they don't even have internet access. Yeah. So, you know, people making, you know, less than $20,000 a year who definitely need the, those stimulus checks um, are having trouble getting access to them. And in whatever, there was some deadline extended to um, to the 21st. And, and the data was that many people still miss that deadline because yeah. they couldn't, you know, get online because you can't do it from your phone. You know, it's a special, right, special right. IRS website, whether right. or not you file taxes. And and even if they made this special deadline two days ago, um, they still won't get the money till next year until they file a 2020 tax return. So yeah. just, you know, you look at the, the, the people who are disadvantaged without access to bandwidth. Um, so it's a, it's almost a national mission, I think, to to get you know, 5G everywhere and give everybody some kind of access. Yeah, for sure. And it should be. Um, okay, so on the flip side from the NVIDIA story is the Intel story. So there's insider buying there, but for the opposite reasons, it seems, from NVIDIA. So it's only the CEO who's been buying, and he started a 10B5-1 plan on April 27th. And what those plans are, it means they file it with the SEC ahead of time, and it allows them to buy at, at times when they otherwise wouldn't be able to buy because something is going on, like an earnings report, or they're buying another company or something else that would prevent them from buying. And it automatically buys based on whatever the plan is they filed with the SEC. So he bought shares twice under this plan now, but he seems to be buying because the shares have plunged and it's more like a confidence buy. That's what I call it when the CEOs buy after something happens, the shares dive down and then they buy them and say, see, it's not that bad, I'm buying some here. And so he's bought twice, he bought in July and then he bought um, in October again and the shares are down 23% year to date, but they're, again, the opposite of NVIDIA, they're cheap. They're only trading at nine times. So yeah, it's hard not to see some value there, huh? Yeah, but what do you think of Intel as a buy here? I, I like it. Um, I've been looking at it, in a, and I, I think I want to buy it around 45, and now I, now I see it's up another 2% today to 47. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, longer term, you know, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be a player you know, in the future of technology. It's not like NVIDIA might be eating their lunch a little bit in in data center um, and maybe some more advanced chips for, um, you know, say uh, autonomous driving. And in that sense, Intel is a little bit of a disappointment because they spent 15 billion on the Israeli pure play for autonomous driving, Mobileye. Yeah. And so we and so I guess they haven't seen the fruits of that yet. So I thought I thought they would be a uh you know have bigger success there. Yeah. But longer term I, I like Intel and I would I would buy it here. Okay. That's interesting. Um so both the 
the one that's surging and the one that's not are are in play. But it just sounds like all of them are in play, basically. Yeah, um, I got a good story about Micron if you got time. Okay, yes. So Micron is the, I call them the megalodon of memory. They're obviously the 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 leader of memory chips, DRAM and, and NAND flash. And um, I've, you know, I've liked the company for so long. In fact, when I, in, in 2017, I, I wrote this very important piece for Zach's Confidential called the Technology Supercycle. And it was about how um, you, we, we didn't see any inflation, even though money was cheap, you were not seeing inflation because productivity was so high. And yet you don't see the productivity growth in the government numbers because government is such a big part of that, of those, of those numbers. But when you, when you break it out per industry and you just look at your own life, how much more productive you are with, with a laptop with uh, uh, with a tablet, with your smartphone, with all the software apps that that do stuff for you, you know, you know, people are able to do all their own taxes now because of 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 things like a, a TurboTax, and then uh, what Square is able to do for small business. I mean, you you can't argue with the explosion in productivity. And I thought, hey, this is going to keep going on, and memory chips will be a big part of that because, I mean. Why are Amazon and Mike, you know, uh, so it's it's Amazon's uh, cloud, it's uh, Microsoft Azure. Why are these data centers, why do they keep growing? Because corporations are are creating and storing so much data. So I'm like, it's a no brainer. You're going to need these memory chips. But yeah. yet they would always beat Micron down. And like uh, in 2018, they beat it down to 32 bucks. Um and you know, so what what I thought people missed was that it's not just about how how commoditized the memory chips get. It's that Micron was innovating. They were creating new types of memory chips that could serve data centers, autonomous driving, and mobile phones, um, and you know, automation in factories with robots. So the, I st- I just saw them as a huge innovator, and I'm like, I want to buy them at. 50 every chance I get because I think the stock's going to go to 100. Well, guess what I just did? <laughs> uh, on Friday the 13th, no less, I sold my Micron for like a 20% gain because okay. all the analysts had like, the average price target was like $60. No, every analyst, and, and you know, why do we trust analysts? Well, because they create models, right? They create a they create a model that it says, okay, this is what the company's going to sell. This is how it's going to translate into earnings. Here's the growth. And they also look at what's going on in the economy and the industry. So if they saw a, another slowdown that was still in progress where memory prices were just going to get keep getting cheaper, that's why they didn't upgrade Micron. And they kept their you know, they just kept, a, they kept their heads low and they kept $60 price targets. And I'm like, you know what? Micron's going to double top here at, at 58. And so we're just going to sell it at 58 <laughs> and it's done nothing but go. It's like 10% higher since then. Uh, Barron's had a big article on it the day after I sell it. Barron's does a piece on it. Oh no. They're like, uh, you know, Micron could go to a hundred now. Um, you know, <laughs> they're, they're calling it the the cheap play on 5G and electric vehicles and the end of COVID. Um, oh, and, wow. Yeah, and so and and so you know what else has happened this week now? All the analysts are raising their price target. I've seen I've seen oh. like three banks go from raise their price target from 60 to 70 this week. <laughs> wow. 
So finally, finally, now you can love Micron after I sold it. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, that's a good question because a lot of people have big gains in a lot of these stocks. And, and should they be cashing in? Or I guess your story is no, they shouldn't be. Well, I mean, if you like, I believe that this is a long-term cycle. That's why I call it the technology super cycle. If you just go on Google and you search technology super cycle, you should find the video and article I did from 2017. Uh, I did a video version in like 2018. And I talk about the 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 chip stocks you should buy. Unfortunately, we went into that 2018 dive and people got flushed out. Right. But if you if you believe in the longer term of what's happening with technology in data centers, in mobile, in autonomous driving, and now 5G, then you know that's why the semiconductors have done so well. And let me tell you about a big investor that we both know of who's um who just keeps buying, and that's David Tepper of Appaloosa. Oh. Um He's been a big fan. Now he'll trade in and out of it a little bit, but he keeps a core position. You know, probably his his average holding price, I'm sure, is under fifty dollars. Um, and and he added again in Q3. Uh, so that's uh, David Tepper of Appaloosa. Yeah. He it's probably one of his largest positions. Well, that's making a statement there. Yeah. So where do you stand on the other hot one for this year, advanced micro devices, AMD? Well, AMD is, um, has always been uh, like uh, in NVIDIA sort of usurped them. Like yeah. AMD has always been a player in gaming um, and getting into mobile and data centers. And NVIDIA always steals the spotlight. But AMD, I mean, th they, are, they are a strong number two. Um, and, uh, they were ignored for a long time too, but, but they're doing, I mean, it, it's almost like if you had to, it, it, you know, it's Pepsi or Coke almost, it, okay. it's that simple <laughs> because the technology is almost comparable, but it depends on what you want to do. So, you know, AMD, uh, chips are comparable to what's running a lot of the hot gaming, um, uh, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, Xbox or PlayStation uh, for desktop or uh, or console. And then they're they're in data centers. They're doing some stuff in mobile. And um, uh, j just uh, I, I wanted to buy since AMD really got on the move here. I keep hoping I can grab some shares at 80 and you barely get the chance. So, yeah. um, I mean, it. You know, I, and I don't know where AMD is trading on a forward basis. Do you happen to know that off your hand? I'll, I'll look it up here. Real Seventy quick. times. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's so, a pricey uh, here. Yeah, so that that's pretty rich. Yeah. For a chip company, uh, but there are a lot of investors betting on, on the long term here. So if we get a pullback in these names, what does that mean? And like, when should I be buying the pullback? Is a pullback literally 5% and then I try to get in? Or or should I hold out for a 10 percenter? Well, you know, eventually sometime in the next six months, we're going to get a cyclical scare. And what I mean by that is there's going to be, um, you know, some kind of global worries about, you know, a slowdown in growth. Um, we're not going to have a Hopefully we don't have any more trade war stuff, but there's going to be one of those where, you know, these, these stocks can come down, you know, 
10, 15% easily. Um, but that, that's really hard to forecast when that's going to come. Um, and right now there's not a lot of big profit taking. I thought we would see, um, a market pullback of 7% in November and we didn't. And, um, this market is just so strong. So, so yeah, if you're, you know, if you're looking at going into December and January and you've got cash, um, yeah, you buy 5% pullbacks because that's what the that's what the big money is going to be doing. And, uh, you know, we'll know more about the global economy after that, though. Uh, there's also an argument to be made, sort of a, a technical uh, argument. You, well, you know this because you, you're watching the small caps. There's a lot of good breadth, right? You're seeing, you know, Amazon is sort of uh, treading water right now, but a lot of small stocks are catching up. And when you see that kind of a breadth move where lots of stocks are partic participating in the bull market, that's usually a very good sign for the next year. Yeah, for sure. So, so pullbacks will be shallow and rare probably here. And it, and it goes back to my, uh, my top secrets of wall street. My, my number one and number two secrets of wall street are number one, they have to buy. And number two, they don't have to sell. And I'm I'm describing the fund managers whose job it is to invest in stocks. There is so much money sloshing around out there looking for yield. Uh, you know, we used to call it uh, TINA. TINA stands for there is no alternative to stocks. And we used to joke around that, oh, eventually that's going to end. You know, the Fed's going to raise rates and, uh, you know, the, the whole TINA trade, that's going to end. <laughs> well, here we are five years later and it's still going on. Right. And we're about to get Janet Yellen as the Treasury Secretary. <laughs> so yeah, we already know that uh, that that easy Jerome is going to keep the Fed easy for right. uh, for quite some time. Right. Imagine the discussions between those two. <laughs> I'd like to be a fly on the wall for that. Yeah. Um, OK, so if I'm a new semiconductor investor and I'm not in any of these names, should I just buy the ETF and and be done with it that way? Yeah, it depends on you know what, you know, you know you always gotta advise people. Hey, you know, is this is this money that you don't, you know, need to touch for ten years? Is this long term right. investment money? Um, and you can't pick a, a a chip stock. Yeah, just buy buy one of the ETFs like SOXX. Yeah. Or or SMH, and um. You know, and and the one good thing about if if you're new to an industry and you don't know anything about the companies or the industry, when you buy the ETF, it sort of gets you paying attention to the individual companies because then you can look up, oh, what are the top holdings in this ETF, and why is this stock doing this? And you know, then you listen to a conference call or you you get a research report and you learn more about them. Um, you know, maybe for some people, buying the value play of Intel here is is the way to go to you know put a toe in the water yeah okay um do you still consider the semis to be one of the top industries heading into 2021 then like can it you know replicate what it's done here in 2020 again? yeah because yeah because 5g isn't fully here oh. i mean there's gonna you know like i i own a couple of smaller companies that are more on the the um the connectivity and fiber optics side of 5G. Yeah. And they're partnered with Verizon. And Verizon has rolled out some, what you would call like, um, I don't want to call them experiments, but like 
uh, you know, they take a city like San Diego and they they roll out these pilot programs to to test a 5G network there. Um, you know, it's not it's not available everywhere yet, and it's just going to be more in demand. So, you know, Apple's already got a 5G phone. Um, I, I think that that this, you know, this wave, this technology wave has legs uh, well into 2022. And the um, yeah, the stocks are going to get they're going to get overdone. Like you talked about how much yeah. you know, the, the Sox index is up. And um, and by the way, the 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 Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, SOX, is kind of like the S&P. You can't you can't buy the index, but right. that's why you have the ETF SOXX, which is the ETF that sort of replicates the the Sox index yeah. um, as things get overheated. Yeah, there's going to be a big profit taking day one day, you know, and, right. and and that's when you buy them. Okay. All right. Well, I'm I'm excited about the semis going into 2021, so this should be an interesting area to watch for next year for sure. And we'll see what those insiders do. Um, but they're already starting to take a dip in, so that always tells me something cuz it's not um, usual to see, as I said, insiders buying these big tech names where they already get thousands of shares and stock options. So yeah, uh, this is hey, the first time I've seen that. Hey, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give one more trading tip. So okay. right where I sold Micron at 58 <laughs> on Friday the 13th, and then it <laughs> gaps up to 60 the following Monday. Um, I'm hoping it fills that gap, and that's where I'm going to buy it. So if you can buy. If you can buy Micron anywhere near or under 60, go ahead and do it. Okay. Um, just don't do it. Just don't do it before I get in there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, are you, they always report earnings in kind of the, the off season a little earlier than everybody else because they're on the fiscal year or whatever. So, all right. Uh, will that be a factor here? Should you try to get in before that earnings report, which I guess is in early January? Yeah, that'll be, well, it'll be late January, I think. Um, I mean, uh, let me look at it again here. Maybe, I don't know, I, I was actually looking at at AMD. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, uh, actually, you know what? Now I'm looking at the earnings that I've got, I've got mid-December for Micron. Oh, is it? I knew it was yeah, early. Yeah, yeah. So not even so it, January. <laughs> yeah, so it seems like it's you know they're re, they're reporting. Um, yeah, they're on the off season. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, l listen, if you can buy Micron near sixty, I, I think it's a good long term trade um, as part of this technology super cycle. And and people underestimate how diverse Micron has become and how they're. I, I think the key idea here is that in all these different industries, they're customizing solutions for their customers. You know, so if an auto manufacturer or an appliance manufacturer or um, mobile or uh, a, a, a data uh, data center company comes to them, Micron can customize a memory solution for them. So it's not just a commodity anymore. Okay. That'll be interesting to see where they end up. Um, okay, so let me recap the tickers because there were quite a few. Some were only mentioned in passing, but I'll talk about them anyway. So we did have Intel, INTC, NVIDIA is NVDA, Micron is MU, 
uh, advanced micro devices is AMD. I mentioned applied materials just briefly, AMAT. LAM research is LRCX. Texas Instruments is TXN. Taiwan Semiconductor is TSM. Broadcom is AVGO. And then we had the two ETFs that were mentioned. The iShares one is SOXX, and the VanX Semiconductor ETF is S, M as in Mary, H as in Harry. So a you know, lot going on. If yeah. you don't mind, I just want to uh, clarify for people, if the, if again, if this is very new to them, uh, a couple of descriptions like the AMAT and LRCX. LRCX is LAM Research and AMAT yeah. is Applied Materials. Those are the equipment manufacturers. They make the stuff, they make the the heavy duty machinery, sort of the, the arms, so to speak, so that a manufacturer can make chips. They can turn silicon into semiconductors. Um, so they, they call them uh, wafer fabrication equipment makers. So that's yeah. AMIT and LRCX. And uh, Broadcom, symbol AVGO, used to be the old Avago. They do a lot of different stuff. They make stuff for data centers, and they also make a lot of content that actually goes into an iPhone. They make these different um, uh, bulk acoustic wave filters and boosters that will go into a smartphone. Okay, this is all good to know. Um, and there's some other names, some other big names that we did not talk about that were left off this list. So don't tweet at me like, what about so-and-so? Right. right. <laughs> what about other, <laughs> Right, right. There are numerous other big names. Uh, but a good tip is the one that Kevin already said to go look and see what are the holdings for the SOX and the SMH ETFs. And that gives you an idea of like some of the biggest names. Right in the sector, because um, you can see what's in there. And that's an easy way to kind of try to find out what's in this sector. But yeah, this is going to be definitely an interesting one to watch in 2021. I'm sure we'll be doing more episodes on it all in 2021, because uh, the semis are always fun. And there's just so much that is happening. So you want to be able, be sure to subscribe and not miss a single episode of The Market Edge. So you get everything in the new year and you can get it on SoundCloud, as I know many of you are. And we're also on all the other hot platforms on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. But be sure to get it somewhere. And I'll see you again next time with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.